Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. A cannabis consulting owner on the RiderFlex podcast, Kim Stuck. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? <laughs> I can't wait to get into it because, uh, you know, you, we, we do a lot of cannabis recruiting at RiderFlex. Uh, it's a big part of our business, probably 30% of our overall volume as a, as a consulting or as a recruiting firm. So super familiar. Plus, I did a little work for Mindful before they were sold to live well. So I'm sure we know a lot of the same people. Uh, we, we can talk about stories, <laughs> but before we get into it, let's talk about you, the person let's talk about Kim, like, where, where'd she grow up, family stuff, maybe some early life stuff, if you don't mind, go for it. Yeah. So I am originally from a little town called Loveland, Colorado. I was born and raised there. Um, it was really small when I was there, but now it's actually kind of big and it's like mm -hmm. melding into Fort Collins right now. So um, yes. so yeah, that's where I grew up. So I'm actually a Colorado native. Um, I am married to an amazing partner. He is very supportive of everything that I do and the cannabis industry in general. Uh, yeah, started out as I was a bartender actually for many, many years. I actually didn't go back to college until I was 25 years old. So I, I didn't know what I wanted your, to do with my I life. I saw that. I saw that yes. five year, I saw that five year <laughs> gap right there. And I saw the bartending and I thought, okay, I know what happened. She started school. Then she started making pretty solid money as a bartender. You got and it. She, you know, <laughs> then, let me, then she was having fun and then she's like, I don't need school. And then I don't know. Is that close? Totally. Yeah. So the first time I went to school, I went for fine arts and photography. So I, I love art and I was an artist and um, but to be an artist and make a lot of money and make it well, you have to be very talented and really dedicate yourself. And usually for most of your life, you're a poor, starving artist. Right. So right. I started bartending to try to make ends meet, loved bartending, loved the restaurant industry, service industry, you know, got really involved in that. And then I turned about 25 and went, okay, I need to do something different. I can't be behind this bar forever. This isn't going to last forever. And I need to, you know, make it work. And so um, I went back to school <clears throat> to Metro in Denver, uh, Metro University in Denver. And I went for human nutrition biochem, which sounds really weird, but I've always been athletic. I've always worried about what I've eaten. Um, I have a family that actually dies of heart disease pretty regularly. Uh, we're all from Louisiana and have that slow metabolism and, yeah. you know, <laughs> so I've always been concerned about that kind of thing. And so that's what I decided to go back to school for. I loved it. I loved school, got a lot of food safety education there, biochemistry education there, chemistry, culinary. I mean, it was really, it was a cool degree. I, I <laughs> recommend it for anybody that's interested. Um, and so while I was there, my food safety professor, I did really well in that class. Um, you know, blood pathogens and all that fun, gross stuff. Um, <laughs> and he was like, Hey, I know, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a registered dietitian because that would take two more years of school. And I didn't really want to work in a hospital. So I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. And he said, Hey, I have friends that are health inspectors. How do you, how would you feel about that? And I said, Oh, well, I've worked in restaurants my whole life. I feel like I'd be pretty good at that. Right. And sure, so sure enough, they had an opening in Denver. I put in my application and ended up um, working as a health inspector in Denver um, for DDPHE, which is Denver Department of Public Health and Environment. Um, 
like three days after I graduated, I got the job. And so it was really cool. Yeah. Really cool job. Um, we did wholesale food manufacturing and we did restaurants in Denver metro area. Um, and so that's how I kind of, that is how I got into the cannabis industry actually. So I was doing that for a little while. Um, 2014 happened and that was when adult use legalization happened in Colorado. Um, there was no health department at the time that was regulating and Denver is a very, very strict health department and they aren't going to allow, um, edibles and things like that to be out, um, being sold in their County if they're not paying attention to it. And so they kind of were like, okay, guys, we got to tackle this. So there was only nine inspectors at that time. And we all kind of had to figure it out and uh, learn a whole lot about cannabis. Um, Within a couple of months, they really realized, hey, this is way more than we thought it was going to be. We bit off a little more than we could chew. And so they, you know, I kind of wrote my own job plan, if you will, saying, hey, I want to be the cannabis specialist. I This is all I want to do is the cannabis side of everything. And they were like, yeah, that's what we need. We need someone that um, wants to do it, first of all, because a lot of people were very like, I don't know about this Um, because it's a lot of work. It was a lot of work and a lot of stuff that we didn't understand at the time. Um, So, yeah. So they were like, "Okay, you've got the job. And then by the time I left, there was a team of five of us, which was pretty cool. Um, And now I think they have like 16 inspectors. (laughs) I mean, so they've grown quite a bit. Denver has grown quite a bit. Well, is it time. safe? Is it safe to say you were the first inspector? Yeah. Yeah. For a public health authority. Absolutely. Um, that. that was were you yeah. in the cannabis. Were, were you a cannabis girl in, in Loveland high school? Were you a cannabis user? Were you, <laughs> you're like, was cannabis like your thing or I grew up in Colorado. Everybody oh, who right. grew up in Colorado was around cannabis for sure. Um, so uh, I was, I was very pro cannabis. I feel okay. like that, you know, okay. from the beginning, I think, you know, there's so many good things that it can do for people, medical, you know, and all of that. So, yeah, absolutely. Were your parents, Um, were your parents, uh, did they know you were a cannabis user when you were young or or, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) No, I come from a very conservative family. In fact, when I started my own uh, company, when I was telling people, okay, I'm going to become a cannabis consultant. Uh, I remember my mom like teared up a little, like she, I think she thought, yeah, she knew knew you were an inspector for cannabis though. Right. Yeah. But that was a little different. I mean, when I worked worked for the government, um, they called me the weed whacker in Denver. She thought, yeah, she thought of you as like, as like the police of cannabis. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I kind of was, I mean, I, I, that was what was so taxing about that particular job is when you're a regulator, you can't tell people what to do. You can't give them advice. You can't solve their problems. You state what the regulation is and the onus is on them to become compliant with that regulation. So, and that's really what made my aha moment happen was I was out at a routine inspection with my boss at the time. And it was, there was like a plumbing issue or something. And it was a really easy fix. All I had to do was say, oh, just get this or whatever. And I almost did that. And my boss was like, no, 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 you can't tell them that. And I was like, yeah, but it's so simple. And she's like, yeah, but you're not a consultant. That's what consultants are for. And I went, well, there are no consultants. You went. (laughs) There are none, you know, and they had no one to lean on. (laughs) Yeah. And so I went, well, why am I not the consultant? And so that was, yeah, I went home that day and I literally talked to my husband and I was like, gosh, I'll just start my own consulting firm, like joking around. And he was like, yeah, actually you really should do that. And I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) You know, but it made sense, um, obviously. And now that's what I do now. And so people don't just to set the stage for the listeners. Now there's a bunch of cannabis consultants and firms and things, but in 2017, that was a small pond, right? You were, you were like one of the, probably one of the first consultant cannabis executives around at that time that had actually worked for the state even and had all that experience. Not very many people with that resume at the time. And still, yeah, still yeah. Still well, are. and you know, there, there still aren't even cannabis compliance consultants, really. Mm, I mean, there, mm. there's a couple of people that 
are just themselves and, you know, you can hire them for like state compliance. Mm -hmm. Um, but really we don't have that much competition when it comes to like FDA, OSHA, fire code, GMT certification, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Let me, let me, I want to back up. I want to back up. I got to ask you a couple of personal questions here. I want, then we'll come back to a lay, right? It is a lay, right? I'm saying it correctly. Um, I want to back up for a minute. Were, Were you an only child? No, I have two brothers. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. Are they younger or older or what? I'm the middle child. So one older, you're, one younger. You're the middle child. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you grew up in a super conservative family. Like you, you like your mom and dad took you to church every Sunday type of deal or just conservative in nature. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. All very right. Christian, right. very conservative. <laughs> okay. All right. So mom and dad never knew about cannabis when, when you were young. No. Okay. No. Nope. <laughs> and what'd your folks do? So my mom actually was a stay at home mom. Uh, and my dad was an engineer, um, and they actually ended up breaking up when I was about 13. And so mom kind of took everything on. No, yeah, it's fine. Um, so mom was single mom working as a, um, she was, she was like a secretary of like a doctor's office. Okay. And then she was, she was raising us. So I mean, she was a strong, badass woman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. Wow. Is dad still, are they both still in Colorado? Yes, they are. Okay. Very good. All right. Um, by the way, I live in Johnstown, which is just South of Loveland. And, uh, have you been up up here lately? I mean, Holy shit. I mean, the whole place is under construction. I feel like every bridge, every road, I mean, it's crazy compared to when you grew up here. Totally different. Right. I mean, Holy cow. Yeah. But I'm a little farm town. Like (laughs) Johnstown was like nothing. Yes. (laughs) When I moved to Johnstown, there was one stoplight. <laughs> that was only 16 years ago. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, I'm just curious about your background. I'm always kind of uh, fascinated by people that work in cannabis, what kind of family environment they grew up in, you know, and how that, how that kind of went down and all that. So, so when you told your mom, you're like, Hey, I'm going to do my own consulting firm. She, she, she a little teary. How'd your dad react? Uh, well, I actually don't speak to my dad. So yeah. So he didn't really have a say in it. Um, but my you mom. You still don't talk to him? You still don't talk to him? How many years has it been since you talked to him? Uh, gosh, I honestly, can't, I don't know. Probably 15, 11, 15, somewhere around there. What? I don't know. What? Yeah. Do, we, do yeah. we need to call him out? Do we need to call him out right here on the podcast? What's <laughs> no. his name? Oh, no, we're not calling him out. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but did yeah, no. Bad, he just... Did he do some bad thing? He must not have been, he must not have been a very good dad. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean no hard feelings or anything, but you know, some <laughs> no hard feelings. Weren't. You haven't talked to him in 11 years. What do you mean? No hard feelings. <laughs> well, I mean, some people just weren't cut out to be parents, you know, right. and that's just the way that it is. So I, uh, but I have an excellent mom and I have an excellent stepdad. Um, they oh, you got do? married oh. when I was 18. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So, you know, he's good, I to, he's, good to your, he's good to your mom. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Like crazy. Good. We actually just went out to Michigan um, last week to go visit my big brother with them. It was pretty fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. oh, okay. okay. No kids. You and your husband don't have any kids yet. Nope. I don't think we're really planning on it. Actually. Um, okay. we both have pretty big careers and we're pretty happy with the way it is. I mean, I guess if it happens, it happens, but I, I kind of don't okay. see it happening. Yeah. What's your husband do? So he does tech sales. He, uh, works for a company called Infoblocks, which is, um, like a security software company in Portland. Um, and so, yeah, he, he works none, sells that. none of his friends have wives that have as cool a job as you do. Right. I mean, <laughs> when he, he's sitting around at work and all the guys are like, oh, yeah, so what's your wife doing? You know, and he's like, well, my wife owns a cannabis consulting firm. So nobody, <laughs> nobody can beat that. <laughs> well, he does like to talk about, it. I'm sure it, it brings up a lot of like, uh, he, he says it's a good icebreaker or oh, like, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Cause then they're like, well, can we like go out to the car right now and break? And do you have any like with you? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Did she have any free samples? They oh, totally. That. You get all of that, right? Uh, they play all kinds of jokes. They're probably giving a bunch of hell. Uh, okay. Very cool. I, I just, yeah, I like to know a little bit of personal uh, life there. All right. Very good. <laughs> and you got any dogs? Yes, I do have any? a dog. Um, his name is Balder and he is a Rhodesian Ridgeback mix. And that's my only pet that we have does right he now, get so. does he get the hemp uh does he get the hemp treats or no yes he does he actually loves the cbd treats he gets mm-hmm. um anxiety from like loud noises and stuff so especially around like fourth of july i give him a lot of those 
So do you get those now? I've had I've had a few uh, pet uh, hemp CBD executives on the podcast. What what brand do you go with? Uh, it kind of depends, um, but I really like Boulder Hemp. They have some really great um, CBD dog treats out of there. Mm. They have two different. It's like two different companies. They have uh, a dog treat company and their like human company because they're working towards GMP certification right now. So. Okay. Um, and then earth buddies is another, that's a really good one too. So, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Why, why'd you move to Portland? So I have been trying to find, uh, an excuse to move to the Pacific Northwest for quite some time. Really? Um, yeah. So my husband got the job that he has now, which is based out of Portland, even though mm. COVID, so he works from home anyway. Okay. Um, but um, also the other thing is, is the psilocybin industry. So um, oh. Oregon is the first state to um, medically legalize psilocybin. Um, and we started our psilocybin division of the first of this year. So it was kind of a strategic move to move out here as well, just to be closer to where the regulations were being written and Let's where see. kind of that psilocybin industry would be launching. So um, oh. yeah. And oh. also we had a lot of clients in Oregon and they were constantly flying us out. Uh, and it's like, Hey, why don't we just have someone in Oregon, at least one person um, to be able to go make those site visits without having to charge them extra. You know, the more spread out we are, the better. And the cool thing about our company is we're completely remote. So really any of our consultants can live wherever they want. And if they have, you know, clients that are close, they can just take care of them from there. So do you happen to know, uh, do you happen to know Del Jolly? Do you recognize the name Del Jolly at all? I recognize that name, but I honestly, I'm not sure if I know okay. him. Okay. I just know, I know a few people in that industry. We've done some recruiting for him. Um, so you're obviously, so you're a psilocybin, you're a mushroom fan, obviously. Big time. Yes. I think it's great. I think it's one of the best uh, medical discoveries of our time. I think it's going to change the way that depression and PTSD are actually um, dealt with in the future. If you're, if you're on a camping trip in Oregon and you're trying to relax for a Saturday, are you doing, are you doing cannabis or taking a mushroom? Which one are you doing? So, uh, mushrooms are like a once a year experience, uh, oh, because, <laughs> oh, 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 so, okay. Now I'm not, a, I'm not a mushroom expert. I apologize. I, I yeah, no, oh. some people need to microdose all the time. Some people can do them every weekend. Um, I don't have a lot of time on my hands is my problem. So and if you, uh, and, if you and if you take some mushrooms, you need time because it blows, yeah, it blows you your need whole like day. Like six you're, hours to, okay. <laughs> I just don't have six hours in a row that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I don't have to work or do something. Um, is, so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's maybe a once a year experience, um, but it's always good to, you know, do that and kind of kill the ego a little bit and bring you back to reality and um, all of that. I don't but, know if you've uh, done any research, but <laughs> I, I, I know a little, I mean, you know, we've Riderflex has done, has done recruiting hemp, psilocybin, uh, cannabis. And so I know a lot of people in the industry, but I don't pers I haven't personally tried mushrooms. Now I cannabis, you know, on occasion here and there, you know, I'm out mm -hmm. for the weekend. Sure. Yeah. No problem. Um, but I like, you know, when I, when I cannabis for me is almost like having a bourbon. Like I know, I know how long it's going to affect me, you know, whatever exactly. hour or so, and then it's over and I'm back to normal. Yeah. Um, but I have <laughs> shied away from, I have shied away from the uh, mushroom thing because of what you just mentioned. Like it's, it's, it's like when somebody invites me to play golf on a Saturday, I'm like, man, that takes all day. all day. I just don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to blow a whole day, a whole day for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and that's exactly right. Um, mm. You have to, you know, if I'm out camping and I'm planning it and it's going to mm. be that weekend. Okay. Um, mm. And you have to be around the right kind of people. You have to be I've in the right that. mindset, I've you know, that. so there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's not something that I can do every weekend. Well, um, I had a friend, I had a friend of mine, he, he calls me, he says, listen, I want you to come journey with me. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means, journey with you. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're going to do some mushrooms and I'm going to make sure you have a handler. And I'm like, okay, no, I, now I, now that's too, you, 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 that's too much for me. I don't need, if I have to take something where I need a handler, I can't do it. But what about this micro, what, what is it for the listeners that are, have no idea what you're talking about? Microdosing, like, what does that mean? Yeah. So microdosing is kind of a, a newer thing. People do it with cannabis as well. Um, in fact, when like edibles, I can't eat edibles. My liver actually doesn't break them down properly and makes them very, very potent for me, which is actually fairly common for a lot of people. Interesting. Um, so I don't eat edibles unless they are like 
two milligrams, 2.5 milligrams, which is a very small which amount. Which is like a little tiny bite of a gummy bear. Yeah. Whereas oh. I can, you know, smoke an entire joint and I'm good. Right. It's just okay. a very different um, experience mm-hmm. and everyone's metabolism is different. So it just kind of depends on what you like and what you want to do. Um, microdosing with psilocybin, um, is just the same kind of thing, a very, very small dose, usually done, you know, four days in a row and then two days off or something like that. Um, a doctor would be able, you know, a psilocybin doctor would be able to tell you exactly how much each person should be able to do. Um, but it's just enough. You bear, you don't even really trip. In fact, many people Mm. don't even notice that they're taking it. Mm. But they've mm. seen some really, really excellent results when dealing with people who have clinical depression, PTSD, mm. like really bad anxiety, that kind of thing. And so it's it's really interesting um, There, I know a lot of people that do psilocybin, you know, every week, four or five days in a row, and then they have to take some time off because your body actually uh, builds an immunity to it, if you will. Oh. So you have to kind of, you know. I, I don't know all the science behind it, but it's pretty interesting and they have seen really great results with it. So I think if I had really, um, terrible anxiety or, you know, something PTSD or something, mm-hmm. I, that would be something that I would look into. Um, but I really don't, I really think that just the mind opening and like bringing back to reality, um, that's kind of the, the way that I use psilocybin. Okay. I'm the same way with the gut, with the, uh, edibles. Uh, I have family members that prefer those before bed or something but uh i i uh you know i guess because i'm so old right i grew up super old school with 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 smoke with flour mm-hmm. and um same thing i can control it more i feel like i can control it more like i know how much to hit how long it's going to last pretty much i take an edible i feel like i don't have any control i don't know how long this thing's going to last when is it going to hit I, I don't like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's really common. Some people, you know, I, I think when I first started using um, cannabis, it was because of uh, insomnia. I have terrible insomnia. Yeah. And, oh, for, yeah, you know, a couple hits before bed oh, oh, does great for, wonders. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it was unbelievable. Totally agree. Totally and agree. I hate taking the melatonin. I hate, I don't do yep. Ambien. I don't like any of that stuff. So it no. was a really good, yeah, alternative. So, you know, a lot of people do, they like taking just like a five milligram gummy before they go to bed mm -hmm. and, and that works, but I'm the same way. I think a lot of people can't put their finger. I mean, I know friends of mine, because obviously I work in the industry, they can eat like a hundred milligram chocolate (laughs) bar and just, and still like function during the day. No way. I can't. How? I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how people do that. No way. Uh, yeah. For, for the listeners that may not uh, be experts, um, if, if you're, especially if you're older and, you know, you grew up in, in a time where cannabis, all your friends are going to jail because of cannabis crazy times. And now you're older and you're thinking, oh, I might want to experience some cannabis. Yeah. For sleep, for bedtime. I, I, I highly recommend if that's how you want to start, just try a little bit before bedtime. You will sleep so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Uh, okay. Very good. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about some of these things. I just want to re- kind of relate to everybody uh, what it's like in, the, in this world. And, uh, you know, if they haven't experienced mushrooms, which I think a lot of people have not, because it's just so it's definitely new right now and hot, hot, a hot topic, especially where you're at in, in, in uh, Colorado. Do you like living in Portland better than Denver, though? I mean, really? <laughs> So That's- I actually live outside of Portland. Okay. Um, okay. I'm about 45 minutes outside of Portland, technically. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and my proper, I have 15 and a half acres. Oh, in a, sweet. In a 2000 person village that backs up to Mount Hood National Forest. What? So I am- okay out in the country so it really isn't the same as living in like in portland your property connects to national forest yes what okay that's all right that's pretty sweet yeah okay i'm hanging out Um, tell your your husband we're coming up hang out we're gonna hang out yeah hey feel free i mean we've got a whole tiny home on the property now Nice. i mean it's yeah we love it we're 11 minutes from the slopes so we're yeah, we're in heaven. Oh, okay. We wanted to get out of the city. Not that we didn't love Denver because Denver is truly where my heart is. Um, but, you know, you get tired of the traffic and we weren't going skiing anymore because it was like I-70 for three hours. Totally. You know, yeah. I just like we couldn't didn't do it anymore. And so we wanted to move somewhere that we can enjoy nature again and be kind of a little bit away from people. 
um, and yeah. a little closer to the mountains. So that's what we did. So oh I love my it. gosh. I totally <laughs> agree. Uh, first of all, for all the listeners. Yeah. You know, Hey, I love Colorado. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to feel like I'm being negative, but going up I 70 on Friday and coming down on Sunday, it, it is a nightmare. Like they, they, it's crazy. They're going to have to do something more than what they've done already. It's just out of control. Uh, way too many people. I live in Johnstown, which you know is right next to Loveland. When I go to the mountains now, I just go up to Medicineville. I go up to Wyoming because I just can't, I can't do it. I can't, it's too crowded down, down further South. Anyway. Um, okay. So I get it. Yeah. That sounds like a cool place you have. All right. So let's go all the way back now to, to, to LA. First of all, why the name LA? A-L-L-A-Y. And by the way, for the listeners, just so we're all on the same page, it's LAConsulting.com. A-L-L-A-Y. LAConsulting.com. Um, you can look, look, uh, Kim up there, study her company. Also, you can look up Kimberly stuck on LinkedIn and connect with her there. Tell us why the name and then walk us into why it's so awesome. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so when I was trying to come up with names, you know, I was trying to just, I I have a marketing team that is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, marketing is a service. They're out of St. Louis. They're totally awesome. Colin okay. Millstone is the owner. He's amazing. He did all of my branding, all of my logos and everything. Um, Colin, so Colin, now for that shout out, you have to give her a discount on next month's. Yeah, so right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I was just trying to come up with names. The original name was North star consulting. I was like, yeah, but then Colin was like, Hey, Google North star consulting. And I did, and there was literally thousands of them. And I was like, Oh, that's not what I want. So I was like, okay, I need a name that tells people, my clients, like, you know, I'm helping them sleep better at night. I'm helping them know that the products that they're making in their facility are clean and safe. And, you know, they're not going to poison anybody and they're, they're compliant with regulations. They don't, you know, cause it's very stressful to be a cannabis company because you're always worried if you're doing something wrong. And if you don't have guidance and like absolute like assurance that you're mm-hmm. doing the right thing, it can be mm-hmm. very, very stressful. And mm-hmm. so um, I found a lay because it's actually an English word. It means to calm or soothe stress and anxiety. Oh, so all right. Yeah. So that was, I like was just Googling essentially. <laughs> and that's what right. I found. And I was like, what about a lay consulting? And he was like, that's perfect. I've never heard of that before. So, um, so that's what it became. And, uh, nice. yeah, it worked out and, you know, our company, we're, we're really based around operational compliance. So okay. the, the issue that we have nowadays is that most edibles and tinctures and concentrates and vape pens and things like that are not actually regulated by a public health authority at this time. Mm. Um, and that goes for the, the CBD market, as well as the THC market, as well as Delta eight and THCO and all those other cannabinoids that are, you know, becoming in the news and all over the place. Um, and because of that, it, there is a public health issue, okay. you know, everything that is on the shelves, I think that consumers believe have been regulated by some kind of government official. And when it comes to cannabis, that's really not the case. Scary. It is. It's very scary. Um, Mm. But the good thing is, is that there are some really great players in this industry. There are some really, really awesome uh, companies that go out of their way to follow those kinds of guidelines, regardless of whether it's required or not. And that's kind of where our company comes in. Uh, So people will hire us and say, Hey, we want to be compliant with FDA standards, or we need to be compliant with OSHA standards and protect our workers, or, Hey, we want GMP certification, which is based on the FDA guidelines. So it's very similar to being um, what GMP, what is, I don't know if they know, (laughs) listeners may not know GMP, go for it. Yeah. So GMP is good manufacturing practices. Um, And so what it is, is a certification from a third party company. Sorry, my dog. But it's third party accredited certifying companies that were accredited accredited by like ANSI and stuff. They give certification to these standards. And so they write a standard Mm -hmm. that's based on the FDA regulations. Mm -hmm. And then they make sure that those companies are following those standards. So if you're in wholesale food manufacturing of like any, Mm -hmm. any kind of uh, good. So like even Coca-Cola, Lay's potato chips, they all have GMP certification. Gotcha. The industry kind of demands that you have that. 
And so cannabis is becoming the same way. And in uh-huh. fact, um, many states have written it into their regulations that you have to have GMP certification before you can even get a license. So like in Florida, New York, CBD companies have to get GMP certification. In okay. Michigan, if you get GMP certification, you don't have to test as much. So it costs a lot less. And um, you can get that certification through LA. Yes. So we are a consulting company, not an accredited certifying body, but you can't be both because Uh of ethical issues. Yeah. So we work with five accredited certifying bodies right now. I see. I see. Mm -hmm. And so we go in and we get you prepared and train all your staff and write all your documentation and change everything around to where it needs to be. And then we, you know, we do mock audits and all of that stuff to get you prepared for that Uh, certification. And and these five, the certifier. And these, and these, and these five, uh, service or fight what do you call them vendors or what do you call them i don't know what they're called these you certifying said bodies is certifying what? bodies sorry mm-hmm. do they refer business to you or you refer business to them or both both yeah nice. vice versa so if they have a client that comes to them and says hey we want gmp certification they're like cool we can do that and then they go well can you help us get that we don't know what to do mm. they have to they have to refer to a consulting group and so mm-hmm. we we just happen to be the cannabis consulting group that does that. So But you can do but you can do right. FDA and OSHA stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, we wow. Wow. Yeah, we essentially focus on operational compliance um and we don't really go outside of that. So, you know, when people are talking about financial compliance and HR and all of that stuff, we don't get involved with. I I see. But, I see. but OSHA say, worker safety. When you say ops, you mean manufacturing the, the the production of the goods themselves, like how how they're making the gummy bears or whatever. Yes. Absolutely. And then also in cultivation, we can do GAP, which is good agricultural practices, Mm. which Mm. is very similar, just in a different kind of facility. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. And who do you target? Do you target all cannabis companies, small, midsize, large? What's your target? So we have cannabis companies, oh my gosh, that are in 15 different states and three different countries. And, you know, we have those really big hitters. Um, but the way that we kind of do everything is almost on a sliding scale. We can have five hours a month to 40 hours a month. It's kind of whatever your budget will do. So we also uh-huh. have, we also have little bitty ma and pop shops, um, mm-hmm. that are like three employees <laughs> and we're helping okay. them get GMP. So do you assign, do you assign a consultant? So you have consultants that work on your team and they all get assigned to these accounts. Yep. And the, and, the, and, the, and the account says, I want, I want, I can afford 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week, 20 hours a week, stuff like that. You got it. Yeah. We mm-hmm. usually do it by month, but yeah, okay. I mean, it's kind of whatever they want to do. We can increase and decrease at any time. So if something comes up and they need an extra 10 hours that month, then we, you know, as long as we have the bandwidth um, and we're not on a wait list, which we are a lot of the time. Um, nice. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing, but at the same time, it, isn't fun when we have to tell people, sorry, right. we're on a wait list. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, most of the time, you know, especially if they're already assigned contract and assigned client, we will work or add another consultant to them and, and do what we can to make it work M- month to month. Yep. Month to month. Wow. That's nice. Month Most of the time you have to sign up for more. Okay. Month to month. And, um, do I have to sign up for a minimum amount of hours? Like, does it have to be at least 10 a week or at least five? So at least five a month. Um, at least five a month. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's the smallest contract that we give. And 90% of our contracts are at least 12 months long. Very nice. Great business model. Are these contractor 1099 folks that work with your, with your company or are these employees? These are full-time employees with benefits. Full-time employees. What yeah, I learned what pretty quickly um, that the standard that I want my employees to work at are much higher mm. than what you can get with 1099s. Mm. I actually can control, you know, their end product, uh, the way that they act, their, you know, presentation of themselves, mm. what they dress, you know, that kind of thing, um, which is really important because there is a big lack of professionalism in the cannabis industry. And Really? I, I never heard that before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, that professionalism that we have is, is unique and it's really good and it makes people, um, put a lot of trust in us, you know, I mean, it sounds really stupid, but you know, being professional and being on time and that kind of thing is very important. 
I'll never forget the very first time I went to a can. I was there was a cannabis meeting in this conference room, supposedly in this in this this there was going to be a meeting, right? I got a notification there was going to be a meeting at one. I show up in this conference room at this cannabis facility, and I'm the only one in there. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, well, I thought there was a meeting at one o'clock, but I'm the only one in here. I don't know. The meeting maybe started at two. People just started trickling in, you know, late this and that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The, now the professionalism has gotten a lot better. Over mm-hmm. the years, it's getting better and better every year. But boy, yeah, when you first started in 2017, holy cow. <laughs> well, and I when I was a regulator 2014, that was like, I mean, there were still people in grows with like flip flops. And, you know, it was just like, who am I? What is going on? You know, and uh, it was pretty interesting. But yeah, what? I mean, people yeah. trust our brand and they, you know, we're all certified professionals. Good, good, safety. good. Good. certified quality auditors like you know we're we're the best of the best and so i like my team to be the best of the best so. how many employees so right now we have three consultants we have a also have um a business or uh oh my gosh what what is the actual title uh, uh like a salesperson <laughs> okay biz dev yeah yeah biz dev yeah right. um and then and then me so i do actually Are take you... on clients every once okay. in a while most of what question. I do nowadays is expert witness work. Oh, um, no, that's then, that's lucrative. That's lucrative. Yeah. And it's really uh, challenging and exciting. And do yeah, you, uh, I, I love you have, relation- you have relationships with law firms then that, that call you and say, I need you to testify. Yes. Yeah. So I've been that is that a, that's a whole that is a completely that that is a whole nother revenue stream for you that could probably. I mean, that's that could be huge. <laughs> yeah, I don't take on every case. Um, just because of time constraints, you know, I am running a company, um, Mm. on top of doing all that, but, um, but if there's one that I really think is important, then yeah, absolutely. I'll get involved. This, this new biz dev, is this a new biz dev person for you, by the way? No. So we've had him for over a year now. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have to go, you don't have to go out and close the deals anymore all by yourself. Yeah, not all by myself. Um, I still do. I like the sales side. So I'm, I'm the really, my job is, is to be the face of the company now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I still run everything on the back end, you know, scheduling things and, and that kind of stuff, obviously mm-hmm. signing contracts and all of that. Um, but does really, he call I, you, does he, does he call you and be like, Kim, I need you to come to dinner with this when I can't get this guy to sign <laughs> the contract. Usually it's a call nowadays because COVID won't allow right. me to go to dinners right. anymore. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, but I, I just speak at a lot of conferences, really. I mean, I speak at a bunch of conferences. I'm actually speaking in Raleigh, South Carolina or North Carolina. Oh my gosh. Uh, on Saturday. Oh, um, right. Okay. And you get, yeah, you get a lot, you get a lot, of pros- a lot of prospecting there, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I, I just love speaking. I'm a public speaker. It's what I love to do. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing that a lot. I just got back from Chicago a week ago from speaking out there and now going to North Carolina. And after that, I'm speaking at um, MJ BizCon twice, actually, this year. So it's, now you're getting it's now you're getting enough leads for the business to where you're actually having to turn away. I bet that's hard, right? Somebody says, hey, we need a consultant in Chicago for four weeks. And you don't you're like, ah, that's hard saying no, isn't it? Yeah. Well, most of what we can do, we can do remotely, which is really nice. Um, yeah. So we don't necessarily have to be on site. We can do everything virtually. We've got Mm. a really good system down for that. We kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, it's very expensive to have to fly people out and Mm -hmm. pay for them to like stay in a hotel the whole time. So if we can do anything through like FaceTime or, uh, you know, WebEx or whatever, we can, we try to do it that way as much as possible. Can do you also get access to all the cameras that are in the facility so you can look in to see check the operations? Absolutely, okay. yeah. yeah. For, we do for that the listeners, often. yeah. For the listeners that don't know, I mean, uh, a cannabis facility has a camera in like I don't know every every every, every corner of every room. <laughs> yeah, lots and lots of surveillance. So mm-hmm. so you can watch almost everything. I mean, you could probably yeah, you could watch everything you're doing and never even have to go there. I guess you can't touch the plant or whatever. But I mean, beyond that, I mean, yeah, yeah. And we're not grow consultants. So, mm. you know, and, and that's the other thing is we partner with a whole lot of other consultants. I was going to, yes. That yes. do other stuff. Like we are not grow consultants. If a plant mm. is dying, I can't tell you what's wrong with it. <laughs> like mm. I can't fix that plant for you, but we have people that can. 
And so have that's you thought, the other have cool you, thing. Have you ever thought about uh, scaling your business through acquisition and bringing on part, bringing on people that you know are experts at other things, like being a grow consultant? Have you ever thought about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that might be an eventual plan someday. Um, but right now, we're really, you know, we're we're growing organically. We're doing really okay. great. Our numbers are good. I feel like you know, give it another five or six years. And that might be the way that we go. But as of right now, those needs are really met. It isn't a nationwide okay. thing yet. The The okay. industry is actually fairly small still. Um, okay. And I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to grow too quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> and take off or take on more than I, I can chew, if you will. Can you share it? Do you want to share revenue or no? Probably not, huh? You want to tell not us what you're going to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can avoid it, I will. Uh, okay, that's all right. I understand. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I mean, do you want to share how big the company is? Do like, what are you going to do in revenue this next year or this in 2021? <laughs> oh, um, so we'll probably be over a million at that point. Nice, yeah. nice a million dollars. Do you are you 100 owner? Yes. You are one. No, no outside cash. No investors. No investors. No, I bootstrapped it from the beginning. Was that scary? By the way, the day did you come home and tell your husband? And you're like, hey. Yeah. Well, oh, you already said you, you're like, Hey, I'm going to start a consulting. He's like, yeah, you should do that. When you gave your notice at the, at the state, right. Cause you, I guess it was a state job, right. When you gave your notice, was that scarier than hell? You're like, Oh yeah, I can't believe I'm walking away from this job with benefits and everything else. Yeah. So it was a really, it was a cush job, you know? Um, and yeah, pension and benefits and all of that stuff. Um, and the worst part about it was I absolutely loved my team. I loved my boss. I loved the people I worked with. I loved what I did. Um, mm. Obviously, it was really stressful because I did have to go to court a lot and I had to dispose mm-hmm. of a lot of plants and a lot of products and make people very unhappy most of the time. Ooh, I bet you um, made some enemy- enemies along the way too, huh? Oh, I've been death threatened. I've been shot at. I yeah. Whoa, I mean, whoa that's a whole. Rough... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you, just, you just opened it up for a whole nother yeah. hour. What? Seriously, you've been shot at. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not at. More like they were just trying to scare me away. But, still. but um, but yeah. I mean, I was wearing a bulletproof vest for the last few months of my job. Holy there. cow! Yeah. Okay. No wonder your um, husband's like, yeah, let's do something different. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I loved the team. In fact, when I put in my two weeks, you know, I just handed it in, I cried. Like, I was like, I am so sorry that I am doing mm. this, but it's just, I got to follow my dreams. I've got to do, you right. know, this is something right. I really want to do. And, you know, what do you, what do you want to do with it? Is it a, is it a lifestyle business for you and your husband for now? Is it a lifestyle business for your family? Or is this something you're thinking, Hey, I might want to scale this. I might want to take on some cash. I might want to take on some angel people or, or make some acquisitions or, or right now you just, you're just having fun building it. So right now I'm just building it. Um, eventually it will turn into something a lot bigger. I have a lot of okay. really good ideas um, for the future. And yeah, I do. I think that this is going to get a lot bigger uh, than it is right now, even though okay. it's still, you know, we've only been around for four years, so yeah. <laughs> it's still pretty early on. Um, and you know, most companies don't even make it this long. So I'm just happy to be, yeah, I'm happy to be around, especially after COVID. Um, what's the scary, what, what, what's one of the scariest moments for you being a business owner? What, what, share, share, share a humbling time where you're, you maybe, I don't know, you woke up in sweat in the middle of the night, scared to death. I don't know. Share, share, share a a scary moment. (laughs) Um, well, when, when the COVID shutdowns actually happened. So I, you know, at the time I had, you know, two employees at that time, two, two consultants that were absolutely amazing and, and really went, uh, you know, above and beyond and just really risked their butt to try, you know, they left their cush government jobs to come work for me. And then COVID hit, we lost, um, I think six clients. Yeah. Six um, clients in one day. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big hit. <laughs> and we only had at the time, we only had like 25 clients, you know, so it was a big chunk of our revenue. Six clients um, in one day. Was that, that was one of those afternoons where you might want to just do the mushrooms. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or not. I don't know if that would be a good idea in that state of mind. Wow, um, I definitely that- drank a few scotches. But we'll say that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was that, it was kind of that moment of like, okay, am I going to put in 110% or am I going to like back away from this Mm. a little, or what, what do I need to do? And so, Mm. um, I cut my salary for four months (laughs) 
during COVID because it was like the only way I wasn't going to be able to, I don't know, I was going to be able to do what I wanted. And then and you then started I paying hired- and you're paying yourself like what, like 30 grand a year or something, run rate or something like that? Ah, no, I get paid pretty, pretty well, actually. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, when you cut it down though, when you, when you had to make a cut, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing that wasn't comfortable. No. Yeah. It was not fun. Um, and then, yeah. And then I hired two more people because I thought, <laughs> okay, we need biz dev. That's the okay. number one thing we need. I see. I see. So we got Blaine online. Okay. And then, um, one of my friends got laid off from the city and I said, and she was actually my boss. <laughs> and I said, I would be stupid to lose her. And so wow. I asked her to come work for me. So we actually then, did that and we ended up, um, turning it around. We ended up getting more clients and ended up making it through COVID. It was a real gamble <laughs> and it was very nerve wracking, but we did it. And and we're now we're okay. We're, we're hanging in there now. So Congrat- congratulations. Did you qualify for PPP and any of that? I'm oh, a cannabis company. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Let me ask you this. When you hired your friend, your ex boss and the biz dev guy, did you have one of those moments where you're looking at the cash flow, you're looking at cash flow in the bank and you're looking at those new hires and you're like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to run out of cash in exactly 15 months. Do you having those, were you having those meetings with yourself? hundred percent every day. Every single day. But the good thing was, is that I'm, I'm really good with money. I don't know. It's like one of those gifts. Very good. Yeah. Thank God. And all of my flights had been canceled. All of my business travel had been canceled. My, at the time I was building a house. So my mortgage was like 300 bucks a month, you know, like it was actually like a really good time for it to happen, which sounds really weird. And so all of our expenses went way, way down. And so it made it a little easier to be able to do that. Um, and the good thing is, is that, you know, these, my, my team is like unbelievably amazing, a hundred percent loyal. They are just the best of the best. And they stuck it out with me. We went through some really low number months, um, but we still pulled it through and kicked butt. And now, now we're back to normal stuff. Was it, was it weird the first time you called your ex boss now that she works for you and you kind of <laughs> had to tell her what to do? You're like, was it that feel weird? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> the good thing is, is I don't really have to tell her what to do. Oh, right. <laughs> she's, right. Okay. She's really good. Yeah. Uh, um, and we, we had a really good friendship. Uh, uh okay. and so it kind of, you know, I never, it was funny because she was actually my partner, uh, my, my cannabis compliance partner she was the next person that came Uh, on to that the cannabis team okay and so she was my partner for a year or so and then she got promoted to my boss interesting and so i mean we already had a great dynamic i see see. we like tried out for the amazing race together and stuff like i i know her very well okay (laughs) okay very good were there some night were there some nights where you roll over in bed next to your husband and like i don't know i don't know i don't know if i can do this i don't know if this is gonna work yeah yeah um well it's lonely at the top yes I know that it sounds, sure is you can't complain there's no one to like like when you're having a rough day even even when i would bitch to my husband about it he'd be mm-hmm. like whatever like he doesn't if you don't own a business yes. you don't understand that's and right. you can't you know whine about it to your employees because then <laughs> you know it's that's like, right you don't want to do that um so when you know bad days happen you really have to dig deep and learn self-reliance and just realize that you can do this, whether you think you can or not, just ignore those thoughts because you're either going to do this or you're not, regardless mm. of how you feel about it. And it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true, Kim, uh, you know, for the listeners and no disrespect to, to people that haven't been a business owner or haven't been a CEO. Let's just put both of those. This is lump both of those together, business owners and CEOs. In, until you do one of those jobs yourself, it's just almost impossible for people like us to, to explain it. it yeah. I don't care how hard we try to go over it and tell you about it. You just don't know until you live it. It is a very, can be a very lonely, scary place. Um, and until you live it, you just really don't know. Right. It's like um, I compare it to, uh, being in battle, right? You, you watch Saving Private Ryan on the movie screen and that's one thing, but when you're actually in the field getting bullets flying by your head, it's a whole different ballgame. Right. And, and other yeah. people only see the good side of this, right? Right. They see, 
that, you know, they see me speak at all these things and they see all the articles and they see the, the webcast mm-hmm. or podcast and all of that. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh God, she's so successful and she's doing so great. She does, they don't see all the like, right? oh my gosh, like, you know, <laughs> freaking out about stuff. And, and yeah, you just don't know until you've done it. And I understand now why some people don't want to do it. <laughs> That's right. Most people, yeah. most people, most people are not cut out for it. Most people are just not, they just don't uh, have the wherewithal or, or the stamina or the grit. I like to use that word. Yeah. Grit um, is a good to, word to, for it to handle it, which is fine. I mean, Hey, we, we need we need great employees out there to help run companies. Not everybody, not everybody can do it. But you're right. It is it is a very tough world, and you're in a tough. You're also in a very tough industry when it comes to the regulations and compliance and the rules and all that. It's super hardcore. But then you also tie in the fact that you're dealing with some pretty dynamic personalities. And mm-hmm. dynamic may not even be the right word. You're dealing with some personalities that are extreme in so many ways uh you know from from people who quite frankly used to be criminals and grow in the black market and now all of a sudden they're like business owners and you're talking to them about compliance and they're like what the hell what are you talking about (laughs) well and that's the thing is um you know my team one of the things that i will say about our consulting firm um over other consulting firms is we're very very good at explaining things on a level that everyone Good. can understand. Good. We don't Good. need to sound smart. <laughs> we <Right>? are smart. <laughs> yep. We know yep. we're smart. We need yep. them to understand it just as well as we do for our Good. us to be good at our job. Mm-hmm. And so we are we are very empathetic. We mm-hmm. all love the plant and we love the industry and we love the people. So we're not judging them. I can't mm-hmm. even tell you how many times people will call us and be like, okay, are you guys going to be mean to us? Cause the last consultant like talked down to us or like treated us like we were lesser and it's terrible. Mm. Um, There's a lot of bias against the industry. And Mm. and thankfully our team is really on your side. We really are trying to like help them understand and become better business owners and Mm -hmm. be successful. We want these guys to make millions of dollars and blow it out and just like be awesome um, where I think other consultants maybe are trying to take advantage of some people. I mean, we know there's a lot of snake oil salesmen in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even tell you how many times I've had to come in after another consultant and clean up what they had done Ooh. because they had done it all wrong. And then they had gotten in trouble for it. So mm. we've seen it all. Um, and we actually think that people get taken advantage quite often in this industry. And mm. we really try to show people that we are, you know, a real consulting firm that really does care and is doing the right thing for the industry. I mean, they need allies so bad because there's so many people against them. It's, it's Mm. crazy. Good stuff, Kim. That's great stuff right there. You're it's true that everybody I've met in the industry, regardless of their professionalism level or regardless of their education level, their passion about wanting to do good and their passion about the product is for real and, oh, yeah. you know, super deep passion about, about the product in the, in the industry. And they all want to do a good job. They all care very much just because they might come from a different background and be rough around the edges or whatever. Yeah. No need to talk down to them because they all want it. They all want to do a good job. No, no cannabis facility worker I ever met walked in wanting to do a bad job. Right. No. Yeah. They just don't know what they don't know, you know? And I can't even tell you when I was a regulator, I had so many people just look at me and be like, just tell me what I need to do. And I was like, I can't like, you need to figure it out, you Mm. know? And then when I became a consultant, now I'm like, okay, here's your three options. (laughs) You know, this, this, or this, (laughs) this is how much this is going to cost, you know? And I can't even tell you how many people have come to me and just been like, oh my God, that's all I needed. Thank you so much. You know? It is. Mm-hmm. It's a real weight off of them when they have someone on their side that actually knows what they're doing and isn't intimidated by regulators or by, you know, uh, auditors that are coming into their facility, because it is really intimidating to be regulated to the extent that cannabis is regulated. Totally agree. Everybody I've met in the industry is really good people. I've never I've met some rough characters, meaning super direct, super tough language, super like, you know, intense for sure. Uh, we could, that's another hour podcast, 
Um, <laughs> but good people deep down, right? Just because they're rough around the edges. Let's let's wrap it up here with uh, a couple of uh, entertaining, maybe some funny, a couple of little funny ones. So tell me what what's um, do you have an interesting story for us where you're like, okay, one time I was at a meeting and then, you know, they called me out to the car and they wanted me to test the product. And I didn't really want to smoke <laughs> right there. I didn't want to smoke right then because I got to go back out and open up my PowerPoint. And then how am I going to do that? You got anything, you got anything you want to share? I got, I want to share one too, but I want you to share first. Go for it. This is how we'll uh, wrap up. So uh, the first, not maybe not the first uh, big client I got, but one of the first big clients I ever got. And this was back when I was, cause when I worked for the government, I couldn't, I didn't smoke. We, we were drug right. tested or, you know, uh, that's whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So, um, I was, you know, slowly kind of getting back into it. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. well, now I work with the industry and nobody's drug yeah. testing me. I'm my own boss. So I'm right. going to smoke weed. Yeah. Um, so I went, oh my gosh. So I am not a dabber. <clears throat> okay. Neither am I, neither so am I too strong, the- too strong for me. For the listener, for the listeners, that's like super high, potent, strong cannabis, like way stronger than normal. So yeah. Yeah. Like 10 bowls in one hit or something. I mean, it's like a crazy (laughs) amount. And so, um, I was working for this really big company. They were really cool boardroom (laughs) guys, really nice, super fun partiers, obviously. And they were, we're having the pre audit meeting, right? We're sitting in their little boardroom. All of a sudden they start, they have someone come in with a dab rig. And everybody's taking a dab and it gets to me. And I had to be like, guys, I know that you're going to think I'm a narc, but I have to do an audit after this. And I cannot do it. If I'm I cannot do that, and they all laughed at me and like called me. It was hilarious. Like, I was like, I can't do this. I was like, and they're like, you're not, you're not a narc. Are you? And I was like, no, I swear. Like, I just can't, I can't work on dabs guys. Like I, no. I'm your auditor. Like it was so funny. And I just, I felt bad, but at the same time, I was like, how do you guys do this all day? I don't know how they do. I don't know how people dab and work. I can't do that. I don't oh, know no. how they, I mean, Hey, more power to you. If you can, that's yeah. pretty good. It you still got the, that, that client kept you though. They didn't, they didn't. Oh they didn't. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We ended up staying with them for years and years. Um, but it's, you know, it was just really funny. That was, you know, cause when I was a regulator, I didn't see that side of the industry. I never got right. to party with anybody. I, I right. couldn't even get a beer with any of them. Right. And they always asked, Hey, can we get you a beer later? Or we're having a happy hour. Like I wasn't allowed to go to any of those uh, industry events. Uh, and so total was, opposite. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now, <laughs> now they want, you know, big they're like, parties. Kim, come on the meeting's over. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we're even throwing like a Palooza in Denver, which is our little industry trade show. And we right. always have, you know, there's cannabis everywhere and yeah, it's everywhere, you know, very everywhere. fun, but it's just, it was so like, okay, so this is really, <laughs> this is for real. The CEO <laughs> and the CFO and the COO <laughs> are all doing dabs before their audit. Like so bizarre, uh, so different. Uh, it is such a different industry. Yes, uh, I'll keep it short. Very similar. We're my partner and I were at a meeting with a huge client for us. the uh, the The primary owner, the majority owner of a of a cannabis company. They had done a bunch of business with us as a recruiting firm. We'd placed a bunch of people there. We're at dinner, and I made the mistake at the end of dinner of saying casually, "Hey, we should smoke together sometime." Because I had never smoked with them. Keep in mind, I am a once a month, me and my wife might be camping smoker kind of guy, right? I'm not like a regular smoker, but I, I will smoke, but not all the time. My partner, like never. <laughs> so anyway, we're sitting there and I said, uh, I'm not going to name the name of the owner. So we'll just call him Johnny. I was like, Johnny, we should smoke together sometimes. He's like, great idea. He's like, let me hit the restroom. We'll just go out to the car right now and smoke. I'm like, oh, oh, oh uh, okay, okay. Yeah. And, and so he goes to the restroom. My partner's like, holy shit, man. He's like, are we going to have to smoke with him? I'm like, yeah. He's our biggest client. Like, yeah, I think we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so he got, he, we walk right out to the street on Denver. I swear to God, right out of this restaurant, right on the sidewalk. And he just pulls out this, this pipe and just lights up right there on the sidewalk. And keep in mind, I'm 54 years old. So I grew up in a time where I'm like looking around. I'm scared. I'm like, is yeah. this okay? I don't know what we're doing. My partner doesn't even know how to inhale. If we're like standing there trying to smoke with this guy on the, on the street corner and my partner's scared to death and he fakes it out. And anyway, the, the short of the story is, I don't know what that guy had in the pipe, but when I walked to my car after the meeting, I swear, Kim, I just said like, I just sat in my car in the, in the parking garage for like 45 minutes. I couldn't move. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's not 90s swag anymore, you know? No, like oh, <laughs> totally different. Totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, by the way, I smoked, smoked weed in the 80s. So, yeah, in the 80s, it was just like this crap. And then uh, this guy pulls out this stuff. I'm like, holy shit. I don't know what this mm-hmm. is, but this is I'm on the floor. Anyway, the, the, the cool thing about to wrap it up, though, lots of great people in the industry that are super passionate about all the wonderful things that CBD and THC can do for people. And now you have built this consulting firm with all of this knowledge you have gained to help them, which I think is wonderful. So congrats, congratulations on what you've built, really. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Not going to lie. It's it's been a roller coaster, but it's been awesome. (laughs) One more time for the listeners. So Kimberly stuck on LinkedIn, by the way, connect with her there. Send her a bunch. She's got like 15,000 connections. That's a bunch. She loves to get like all those little sales messages that people send on the message thing on LinkedIn. So send her a bunch of stuff to try to sell her things. Do that right away. And then. uh, (laughs) Thanks. LAConsulting.com is where you can look them up and uh, contact them there if if you need uh, their help. Kim, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. (laughs) 